take a shot, make a friend, just enjoy the moment. I'm Luke Skywalking on these haters. Celebrate every day like a birthday. Things come to those that wait up. But don't wait to jump in too long. Don't sleep, you gotta stay up. Don't, don't sleep, you gotta stay up. We kick off hour number two of the program Thursday edition of Three and Out. It's brought this uh, hour brought to you by the Knoxville TVA Employees Credit Union. Check them out online at tvacreditunion.com, the official credit union of Three and Out. So headed towards uh, Baton Rouge. Red stick. Good job. Mm-hmm. Good recall there. Uh, yeah, it does not exactly look like the most intimidating place to play, even though we never play well there. No. Uh, LSU has lost their last five. Uh, by three at Kentucky. 13 at A&M. 11 to Florida. They lost by 40 to Alabama. Yeah, it was it was really really bad. Somehow I missed that final score. Oh, 106 to 66. Yeah. They were down 40 like way too early in the game too. It wasn't <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like oh, it's a 20 point game we give up and uh, you guys blow it open. No, it was just an absolute hammer slam. I feel like you know how sometimes uh Teams that take care of business so well early in the season, even if they slip up some late, like it doesn't really matter because just the perception of them is that they're already kind of hazing the barn. I think Tennessee mm-hmm. can be one of those teams if they can be really consistent over this next stretch. Essentially, for the next month, you get a lot of teams that you should beat. You know, LSU, Georgia, um, you know, Florida is away, but I mean, I don't think they're that good. Vanderbilt's away, but they're not good. Missouri's better, but they're at home. Basically, from now until you play Alabama, mm-hmm. if you can if you can win most of those games, like uh, Texas is the highest-ranked team, but it's at home. Auburn's the next highest-ranked team. It's at home. So you've got a great shot to win most of those. Uh, it's the next seven games. You know, If you're 6-1 and one in the next seven, people are pretty much going to be like, well, Tennessee's a you know one or two seed. It's just going to be kind of over, and then you're gonna have that showdown with Alabama. And I think as long as it's you know a good ball game, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt you at all, and it's a great feather if you can win it. And then down the stretch, you've got uh, you got an A and M team on the road. You got Arkansas at home. The South Carolina game's at home, and I, I bet we pound their eyes shut uh, in that one. They're uh, two forty <laughs> on this ranking list, um, so. Even if you lose some of the games there down the stretch, I mean, as long as you're it, – it, those those can be almost used as, like, tune-up games for the postseason mm-hmm. against Arkansas, Auburn, uh, Kentucky again. So, I mean, this is – this feels like, okay, LSU, Georgia, they kind of suck. But I, I feel like it's important to kind of separate yourself from some of the teams that might have similar talent to you but are much more inconsistent mm-hmm. on the defensive end and therefore have these – you know, peaks and valleys, and, and Tennessee just needs to say, yep, here we are. We just we just win. It might be ugly, but that's what we do. 
are you are you basing everything on those teams or how good are we actually? Well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't. It, I mean, there's no pictures on the scorecard, so to speak. Like, right. I don't. I mean, are you just going through Kim Palm? Like he predicts us to win every game. You know, like. But he's going by numbers. I'm just going by the way we've played and we've been. You know. I don't. I don't know. Well, that's Do you understand I'm, what I'm saying, though? That, uh, not really. I mean, sort of. What I because we don't score enough, right? So every team's gonna come in there and have a chance against us, right? But these, it's it's very matchup based, and these teams that we're about to play can't score either, and so that just really plays into our. I mean, the teams we struggle with are going to be the Alabamas, the Arizonas, like the the teams that can really score are going to give us trouble because yeah, maybe they're not as good defensively, and we'll score a few more points. But if they have those stretches where they make a big run, it's really hard for us to, to kind of keep pace. Um, like, here are the teams at the top in adjusted offensive efficiency. I mean, it's Purdue, Marquette, Baylor, Gonzaga, Iowa. First SEC team you get to, and this might shock you, is Missouri. Uh, that actually doesn't surprise me. No. They're a completely different team, and I don't think people – I mean – not only their players, obviously the coach too. I think eighty percent of their scoring has come out of the transfer portal this mm-hmm. year. I mean, they just people still aren't used to what Missouri's doing. That's why they're and they they take a lot of threes and they hit a lot. Arizona's next. I mean, the team that beat Tennessee, then uh, Houston is the number one team uh, in the country. Alabama is twelfth. Uh, Texas is fifteenth. Um, so those are those are teams. You know, Kentucky's in that next that next group. I just think SEC teams that struggle to score, like unless we play really crappy, mm-hmm. like we're, we beat those teams. Yeah, the Mississippi States of the world, like we match up great. If, if the other team is defensive oriented, we should beat that team because because they're going to have some droughts too, and we're just better at that game. Yeah. We're more well-rounded, I think, than those teams. We have a different guy that'll step up and hit a few shots, and that's just the difference. It's just over. Has there been any word on the health of the team coming into this week? Well, that's a good question. I mean, they did get the Tuesday game, so hopefully the extra day leading mm-hmm. into Saturday will be be good. I mean, I would assume Key, if it was if it was just the, I would think he'd the be the fine. I think or he's probably stomach bad. bug, he's probably fine. Uh, Euros, I don't know about his ankle, you know. People are asking about that. I sometimes I think worse. that's probably he fine. Forty minutes if he had two the other night. So yeah, Ziegler's got to go. be good. Thankfully, Euros nursing a ankle injury isn't the same as other people doing it because Euros doesn't leave the floor. There we go. Like he doesn't jump. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, if he can go straight, he's pretty good. It's like a train. Yeah, he is not meant to come off those tracks. Your ass is just rim to rim, like. <laughs> but but really, he is <laughs> runs in a straight line back and forth for forty minutes. Did Pat put all the tape down at the start of uh like before game started in the practice facility? Like the I mean, I know she didn't. Did no, Pat, I did. Did Pat make you? But that's what I'm really yeah. asking. Pat make you yeah. put all the tape down? Mm-hmm. Free throw line extended. Free throw line extended. Lane the extended, po- all post the way down, highway. Yep. Rim runner. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, like, sometimes we'd have to go to Stokely where they didn't have three-point lines on the side goals, and so we'd have to get this machine that, like, you lock down right under the basket. And it was, like, a big 
protractor, and you had to run the tape through this machine to get the three-point line. Talk about fun. Those were doozies. Couldn't you just use a, you know, pull a tape and spin it around? Pull the tape and spin it around. Yeah. What is it? I mean, it used to be with the old high school. It was 1909. Just pull the tape measure out and then just, like, hold it at the back of the rim and then just... No, that's what that's what it was. It was just a machine that rolled the tape for you. Oh, okay. But you had to lock down the front and then mm. attach the machine to the end of the big arm that spun. Yeah. And then you just press down and push, and it would just lay the tape. And then you had to straighten it out in the corners because obviously, it would, right, right yeah. you know, yeah, those were good times. Those were great. Nothing like a 5 a.m. practice. I had to be there at 4, but to get there on those days, you had to get there at 3.30 to lay down the tape. 3.30 a.m. Not worth it. 3.30 a.m., practice at 5, done around 7, first class, 7.50. Boy, did I sleep through Greek mythology 301 a lot. Mm. I I have pages on my notes where I fall asleep writing, and there's just a line and then I'd wake up, and I always had to sit front row, so I'm sure the professor hated me. Luckily, it was well, a lecture club. Those are the rules, bud. Did you not feel weird sleeping but in class the team, in the like... front? I didn't. I, I couldn't help it. I mean, I'm I'm literally writing down notes, trying. It was it was a it was first of all, it's 7:50 in the morning. It's a dark auditorium because he'd always lower the lights for his projections, oh, yeah. and I'm just like writing down, writing down. And there'd just be a line where I fell asleep and my pen ran off the paper. Houston went dead. <laughs> I mean, Greek mythology is at least cool. No, I love the class. What time would you go to bed at night? Maybe that was your problem. Yeah, it was definitely the going to bed I mean, and not hard, waking it's up. It's hard to go to bed at, at 6.30 th- p.m. as a college student. Yeah. like yeah. <laughs> That's happening. I had to be there at 3.30. Think about that. Which means I had to wake up at like 2.45 and hustle to get there. What do you want to do? Go to bed at 4 p.m.? Did you huh? walk to the gym? My freshman year, yeah. Be glad y'all didn't run pack line. Then you would have had to put the line slightly inside the three-point line also. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been it. I retired. We just usually use those little uh, rubber, like, you could use, make it a like a, like a dash line, basically. Mm-hmm. Just slap them down there. <sighs> those are the days. And then Rick Barnes got those guys climbing ladders to put the paint, uh, the tape on the backboard, because apparently the box that's already there isn't enough of a spot. It's not the right spot. So like, hey, here's the here's the box, but we want you to aim right here. We're gonna put orange tape. It's like, no, it's just uh, so. just watch Tim Duncan. It's really working out great for us on those layups. Was this after we missed all the layups or before? No, we stole this from like Arizona. Okay. But actually, our percentage shooting in the paint has gone way up since that happened. It was pretty remarkable. Did you get to use the pool, pool noodles to like make them shoot over you? Or? No, we had like very specific yeah. pads from some company that were right. Right. Wow. We had one that you was got to spend that money over there. Well, you, you know how like sometimes like you have to dribble around it. a trash can or a yeah. folding chair. Well, we had like big like foam dummies <laughs> with hands extended. I'm like, this is doing the exact same thing, except you paid two hundred dollars <laughs> for it instead of a trash can that you can get at Walmart. For eleven ninety nine, your tax dollars at work, folks. If you live okay. in, the, in the state, don't get me started. <laughs> what? I'm just. I. How much money? First of all, it's the late. I mean, it's you know, it's Pat Summit. Like yeah, yeah. she kind of earned the right to you know spend waste the budget money, the yeah. way. She, no, I didn't say waste money. I'm sure it was paled in comparison to Philip Fulmer. No, yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> but no, like you know, 
She was like, hey, let's get this. Let's try it. Okay. The worst, I think I've told you this, the worst was when she wanted the lids on the on the bucket. Yeah. Like, it's the lid was just big enough for the ball. I mean, if you, like, laid it on top, it would fall right through with, like, no space on the side. Right. When she wanted those put up, and, like, we wouldn't use them for, like, two months. And then she's like, ladies, we're not rebounding enough. Huey, get up there and put the lid on. And I'm like, oh, God. You're Huey? Yeah, that's right. Uh-oh. Oh. Yep. We got a name. Now. So, like, the ladder, I mean, obviously we had to have two ladders out there. And, you know, as we stopped using the lids, we didn't carry the ladders out as often. So I'd have to just, like, climb up there, jump, grab the net, slide up, and clip it on. It was awful. Luckily, I was there to do that, though. So you broke the NCAA rules and got suspended. I didn't break the rules. When she made you. And I Hulk served. And I served the punishment. Help win some titles. Or one Achilles heel. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> Time she made Houston. Did you get? They Huey. won a title while you were there, right? <laughs> Two. Two. Yeah. What was your first year? Oh five. Oh five. Yeah. They Just, won it in oh. They give you a ring. Oh, duh. A ring. He was up at two thirty in the morning. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there before the players. <laughs> yeah. Here we get up. <laughs> I'm trying to call the tail end of a dynasty, Chris. It was like right in the middle, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Was it 07, yeah, 08, I think, were the years oh. we won it? Was that the Shannon Bobbitt years? Mm-hmm. Candace Parker? One of them was, maybe both. Kate McMahon? Mm-hmm. Dang. Katie Mack. Who else was on that team? Spitting off. Alberta Augusti, Nikki Anasicki. Yeah. Brittany Jackson? Just kidding. No, Brett. <laughs> it's like 99. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just throwing names out there. We'll come back with more. Stick with us right here on 3 Now. You gonna say Price is Right overrated now? I actually don't think I've ever sat down and watched a full episode of The Price is Right. It's not the same now. Uh, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd watch an old one. Like, well, you, you never they, were up there and like, you know, one dollar. Yeah. You never, How many times would you say one dollar? I mean, I've seen clips. I've watched it just periodically. Like the game shows, I watched Deal or No Deal, Will of Fortune, Jeopardy is Elite. Love Jeopardy, it, it, and it still is, and I think Aaron Rodgers should take that over full time. Like, just all. you don't like Ken? No, dude, Aaron Rodgers. Family was Feud. Amazing. Family Feud's good. Family did, Feud, pretty good. Did you see where Aaron Rodgers said he thinks he can be the MVP again if he gets in the right situation? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people are blowing that oh, yeah. up. They're kind of making a big deal about Cole. Why didn't he say win a Super Bowl? Because he's saying he doesn't know where he's going to be, but he thinks he can play at an MVP level. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. There's only five teams that wouldn't take him right now. Pretty good. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's still good. I just don't know at this point in his career if he has the. I mean, like he's not a leader. Like, let's be real. Like Aaron Rodgers. I don't disagree is with that. Not yeah. a leader. And so, like him, just you know, just thinking that he can go into a different situation, win over the locker room, and win a Super Bowl is probably a little bit of a stretch. 
obviously. Also, but don't you think there's a little bit of Rodgers fatigue in Green Bay, like with the mm. coaches and the players and the administration? Like a fresh start for him might be a good idea. Yeah, but they're fatigued because he would always choke in the playoffs. I mean, a lot of those you can't really put on him. I get what you're saying. Like he, it is kind of weird. Like and he had some arrogant comments. I thought before playing the the Lions, like, well, my my record's pretty good here in January, and you know, it's like, okay, well, you better go out there and perform. And he obviously didn't, and they lose. I just think I think a fresh start for him could be good. I don't I don't know how many years he has left. And obviously, not not terribly many. As a Titans fan, would you take him? Are you looking to the draft or man? It, like that could be a really. He, I don't. I oh, don't think he'd come here. Him. I don't think he'd come here. I don't, there's no weapons. Like he doesn't have any Isn't, receivers. Wasn't there that whole thing about him buying a house in Nashville or? Yeah, but a like lot that. of people buy that yeah. houses in Nashville now. Yeah. It'd be interesting, but I. I mean, it, you'd have to go, and get. He's it, at least two just baller receivers. Plus, he has what two years left. Like 110 million. Oh, it's oh yeah, it's expensive. Now you might be able to work something out with Green Bay where they cover some of it, but poof, yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. Unless they're just so ready to get rid of him that they I think mean, it's worth you'd it. You'd obviously have to give up your what tenth pick in the draft, probably. As well. Oh yeah, easy. I think you should just go like seriously, like go host go host Jeopardy, dude. He was so good at it. I would say he was a better Jeopardy host than quarterback. The guy has four MVPs. Yeah. That's one more than Tom Brady and one fewer than Peyton Manning. Yeah, I'm sure that keeps Brady up at night, you know, as if the seven Super Bowl rings Mm. aren't good enough. That's not what I'm talking about. Well, first of all, Rodgers last year robbed Tom Brady of the MVP, so. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Who votes on that? How How did he rob it again? I don't know who votes on it. I think it's like current players, former players, and league media. Yeah, league media, guys who have never played a down of football in their life. I just said current players and former <laughs> players and coaches, too, I believe. You guys have a most underrated game show? Whammy. Underrated? Whammy? Whammy? Y'all remember that? I don't think that was it's the not name called of Whammy. it. It's not called Whammy. Was that not what it was called? But They'd be like, no whammies, no whammies when you spun the wheel. But what was the name of the show? I don't know. Do you have underrated one? game show? Gosh, that's tough. Uh, pressure luck. That's what it's called. Pressure ah. luck. Yeah. What's, uh, what's, I don't know. Supermarket sweep. Guys, grocery games. Lingo was pretty good. What's the name of the show where the guy sits up there at the top and you try and beat him in trivia? You know, what like I'm man about? versus a hundred or something. Beat yeah. the something versus beat 100. the whiz. No. Uh, uh, have you seen the guy that broke the pressure luck game? Mm. So it used to be like those back in the old days it was these manual lights that went around or something and he memorized the pattern and he knew that if he saw a certain like four or five in a row that the next one it went to would not be a whammy. And so he played pressure luck for like you know it's supposed to be a 30 minute show. He was like the contestant for like hours and he kept running up more and more money and he starts sweating and he's like just over and over and over and he's like making all this money and then eventually he actually missed it and he hit it 
and it still didn't catch a whammy. And then, like, that's what finally, like, convinced him to quit. And then they had to, like, basically negotiate with, like, did, was he – is that cheating? Is it that's not? That's not cheating. There was a whole documentary on it, yeah. Did they? What they say? I don't even remember. I mean, I that's not just, cheating. I think they just kind of settled it. With that's him just or whatever. that's just playing like, the game. I think they like wouldn't bring him back. You right? Know, yeah, something. I get that. But, yeah, I mean, it was so. Now I saw a newer version where it's all like digital. So obviously, there's a computer now. So there's no way to yeah yeah you know time but, it yeah. But he had studied the board so much. There was a certain pattern that if you just waited long enough, you would see that like those like four things hit in the same order and as soon as those four hit if you could stop the thing on the next one mm-hmm. it was never a whammy it's pretty that's just smart crazy yeah press your luck good for him do you ever go back and watch any of the old family feuds like with yeah. uh he kissed everybody is that who you oh that was like the old old school one uh like al borland i forget the guy's name he was a host for a while he wasn't very good louis oh what was that guy's name the big funny comedian who kind of talks like this, Louis. He had like a cartoon. Uh, Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Armstrong, but I was the, the, the Trump bloopers boy. of the old shows on mm. YouTube are must see. There's one where it's like name an animal with three letters. Girl just goes alligator. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, there's one guy. It was name name an animal with three letters in its name, and he pr- he probably wasted a, a third of his thirty seconds. He probably wasted, and he said frog. So the videos, there's obviously like a guy down there commenting on it. He's like, cat, dog, rat. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. just like going through them all. And yeah. this dude just, uh. I mean, I can only imagine. That's kind of like shot collar. Like when you're up there yeah. and all the pressure's oh, yeah. on, like that's not. TV too. My yeah. Ki- my kids got mad because they got the, there's like a family feud, like, you know, board game or card mm-hmm. game essentially now. And so it has a little like whiteboard where you can do the thing. It has the cards. And so they, and they love it. But they got mad because. One of the like top, like the third, second or third best answer, like, was factually incorrect to the question. Mm-hmm. That happens though. But it's because it's just a hundred people. Yeah. What, whatever they say, you know. Right. It was like name the most popular vegetables in something, and when, like you know the third answer is tomato. tomato. Yeah. Right. And they're like tomatoes and fruit. Yep. <laughs> like, there, was, there was a Will of Fortune clip that was going around the internet yesterday, and. You can clearly see that it's it's going to say Greek mythology Achilles, and yeah. the guy like puts every letter in it. Like he never solves and like he until the end. A guy yeah. from Indiana, and then he's like Greek mythology Achilles, Achilles, and mm. the guy's like I can't give you that. <laughs> like, like the the puzzle's solved. All yeah. he has to do is say it. Like yeah. literally every letter, but he doesn't know that that's Achilles. So he says like Yeah, Achilles, uh, pretty much Achilles. And Sajak's just like, nope. Mm. So they go to, and he, 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 what's funny about that one is he had just spun and landed on the million. Oh, no. You know, the little sliver yeah, million yeah. between the two bankrupts? He had that. So it was a million so dollars. He had to solve that puzzle and win the And money. he had, and it, I mean, it was done. The puzzle yeah. was completed, Achilles. and he just had to say it, but he uh, said, Achilles. So Paul Larson in 1984 appeared on the CBS program Press Your Luck. Paul Larson? Paul Larson. He won a hundred and ten thousand two hundred thirty-seven dollars in twenty twenty-one money. That's over a quarter million dollars in cash and prizes. At the time, the largest one-day total ever won on a game show. He was able to win by memorizing the patterns used on the game board. Uh, <laughs> I guess they just gave paid just paid it to him. I don't think you do come back and pressure look anyway. So I guess that part didn't matter. Mm. 
But the funny thing is, the, it took so long to tape it, and then, like they didn't air it, you know, because like, yeah, he kind of tricked the controversy. Game. Yeah, but there's a documentary. Uh, it runs on Game Show Network sometimes called Big Bucks: The Pressure Luck Scandal. It came out in 2003. Yeah, that clip, by the way, Hickman of the Achilles thing, that is an old oh, clip. It's old. But uh, but people research. I swear, like once or twice a year, someone will just like it'll go viral because everyone's just amazed at how dumb that guy was. Yeah. Larson used his VCR to record episodes of Pressure Luck shortly after after its premiere. Ooh. While watching, he noticed that the randomizer that moved the light indicator around the 18-square big board only had five patterns. He began memorizing these patterns, increasingly confident he could predict when and where the randomizer would land. He began playing along with the big board rounds to test his hypothesis, and he paused his VHS tape at various intervals. He also discovered that the fourth and eighth squares from... It has a diagram. Always contained cash and never a whammy. A bandit, the whammy is a bandit-like cartoon character that when you land on that, results in resetting the player's score to zero, accompanied by an on-screen animation that showed the whammy taking the player's earnings. He also learned that square number four always contained the top dollar values and that in round two, contestants were awarded an additional spin if landing on those spots. 3,000, 4,000, or 5,000 in square number four, 500, 750, and 1,000 in square eight, this proved crucial to Larson's theory as he could retain control of the board in the second round indefinitely if he kept following the patterns. So he was getting additional spins. Okay, maybe this is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. This is like Spygate now. I mean, the fact that he was like slow-mo. First of all, that's a lot of effort back in the day to record it on a VCR. Yeah. Because uh, VCRs did not have remote controls in 1984, so he was up there just pressing it and pressing it and pressing it. <laughs> Stop record. Pause, play. Like, do you remember that? To play in slow mo, you had to hit pause, then play, or pause. Or no, I think it was pause, then fast forward for slow mo. Mm. I don't on the that. old VCRs. Well, and that's what the guy did on uh, Price is Right, though, too, right? He had an old like, yeah, VHS. Yeah, he'd, he'd study all the games. He'd it, study it for years. Large, and so in May 1984, Larson used most of his savings to fly to L.A. to audition for Pressure Luck. Contestant supervisor Bobby Edwards was suspicious of his motives when he interviewed him and was unwilling to allow him on the show, but executive producer Bill Carruthers viewed Larson's claim to be a, quote, small-town plebeian desperately in need of a chance to win some money as a good sob story for the show and overruled Edwards. Carruthers would later regret this move. Larson was added as a contestant on the fourth episode of the taping session that's scheduled to air on June 8, 1984. While waiting in the green room, Larson met Ed Long, a Baptist minister from California, booked for the third episode of the season and struck up a conversation. Long recalled that Larson asked him how many times he had seen the show. When Long replied he had seen it only once, Larson responded by looking at him as though he were from another planet. <laughs> <laughs> Larson told Long, Quote, I really hope we don't have to play each other before leaving the green room, but they would, in fact, face off as Long won his match and a total of 11516 in cash and prizes. The two men competed against dental assistant somebody in the next episode of the, of the season. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. I don't know. There's a first round, a second round, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he's getting extra spins. Uh, I want to see how It's supposed to be 30 minutes. The thing took forever. It was crazy. I've I've seen that documentary. It's really nuts, yeah. Good for him. They didn't know what to do. Like I think they like paused for a break. And they're like, "What do we like? What do we do? This guy's got us." Yeah, like can we? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's got to be a way where you can switch it. Like with the press of a button, you switch up the pattern on the board. No. Not not in '84, yeah, right. man. 
Today, yeah. I mean, it's just it, like Nate said, they just got, have a computer program that probably has millions and millions of patterns. Yeah. But in 84, I mean, computer, especially public use computers, weren't exactly the uh, <clears throat> strongest. So, yeah, that, that was just it's all they had. Yep. We'll come back with more. Stick with us right here on 3 Now. Oh, those were the days. Welcome back to Three and Out. Thanks for playing this. I actually just saw something, like I saw a picture of Carol Baskins yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, they so. found her husband. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was alive in Costa Rica the whole time. He just ran away from her. Are you serious? Yeah. She didn't kill her husband? <laughs> Apparently not. Oh, I'm never going to financially <laughs> recover from this. Uh, she could probably make a lot of money off some lawsuits right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he just... He just got out of Dodge, huh? I think so. I think he realized she's crazy, and I'm out of here. Huh, all right. Good for him, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Didn't go through with a divorce or anything, so they're legally still married. That's a good point. <laughs> That's funny. So does that mean her new marriage is not... Does he get half of her stuff when they divorce now? If she Not if you remarry, right? Uh, Before finalizing not, the other But one? is your new marriage legal if you still have an old marriage? Well, I have lots of questions. I got, so the yeah. Big Orange Philly phone lines. We got, so we got Jay up questions. next. What's up, Jay? Welcome, Jay. Well, uh, Houston, um, I, I have a. If you're interested in a change of career, man, I saw where King University is looking for a, a bass fishing coach. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. and I think you have it in you to be the next save in a bass fishing. There you go. Mm. That, what are you? What is that? What was you? Did you scoff at me? <laughs> what was that, Hickman? That'd be uh. It'd be an interesting thing to coach, but uh, yeah. it'd be fun. You just, I guess, yeah. you just take guys fishing and say, "Hey, here's what you try to do." It's all luck based. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure how it works. I know. Uh, don't ask me how I know this, but I know that Louisiana Monroe is like the Alabama of bass fishing. Uh, Louisiana Monroe's really good. Oh God, there's a college in Dayton. Does it depend where the college is, though? Like as far as like water is concerned. Like, are they better? I don't know. Is the college like in better. Dayton, Tennessee, or Ohio? yeah, Brian College? Brian, yeah, Brian's really good. Yeah, oh, there's really? a, a like Auburn's really good. So like North Alabama is really mm-hmm. good. How would King be though? I think they're based out of Bristol. It'd yeah. be different. Yeah, I mean, you, they probably wouldn't have as much experience on those types of lakes. Yeah. Just learning. That's what I'm saying, man. It's a it's a startup program. You know, you could be like. Uh, you could do like that Butch Jones commercial, you know, where he was like, "When do I start?" <laughs> fish by fish, <laughs> cast by cast. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. It's on the so, list. Um, <laughs> hey guys, my my question, man. If we, I think we can get a two, three, or four seed in the tournament. I don't see us getting a one seed this year. If we, uh, if we have a first weekend exit. Big picture, obviously you'll be disappointed, but big picture, does it change your view on our program at all if that happens? I mean, there's a lot of factors that go. I mean, if you go into the tournament perfectly healthy, get a two seed, and you don't make it to the Sweet 16 again, yeah. I mean, I, that, 
I guess it would feel the same, but also a little bit worse because every year you go into it, you got some hope, right? Like, oh, this this is going to be the year. This is going to be the draw. And if you get the two seed, that means you did your work again in the regular season. If you're perfectly healthy, it's like, all right, no excuses. And then if you lose, you know, round two against the, I mean, what was Michigan last year? Like an were they 11? 11 seed. Oh, yeah, I think they were. Yeah, like that would feel very. Because we were a three. So. They were a 12 seed, weren't they? Because they were the we five were versus 12. We were a three, though, because we talked about that. Cause we we thought we deserved the two. Yeah. But them and Colorado State, wasn't that the classic five versus 12 matchup? Or six yeah. Six versus 11. Something like that. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of having a good regular season? <laughs> I mean, that's what you you set yourself up for a good tournament run to do that. And Yeah. I, I don't know. I would just. To me, for me, this is this is a make it or break it year with me with Barnes. Is just in terms of just having faith in the program going forward. I mean, it's just at some point he's got to show up and do something in the tournament. And I, I, I would just be. It would really. I think if it happens again, it's going to bring my kind of disappointment. You know, I don't know how to describe it. You know, it just it would be. It would be really, really disappointing. And I would really have to, you know, I don't know if I would say I would lose faith going forward, but I just, you know, I'd be like, what, well, you know, what's the point? At yeah. This, you know, at this rate. So, Jay, right um, now we're looking at playing a Michigan State as a seven seed, and then you're looking at Duke and Xavier as a other uh, six and a three. If right now, they, according to bracketology, no thanks. They have us as a seven seed. No, we're a two seed. Michigan State would be the highest ranked. We would play in the second round. As a as a seven, would and you it, guys rather have a, a great regular season and then get bounced in the first weekend, or get in and be a Cinderella? Which which season would you rather Cinderella. have? Cinderella, because we've really? never experienced it, de- it. It depends on how far you go. Like it feels like if you're the Cinderella team and you make a Sweet Sixteen, it's like okay, well that that was fun, but why didn't mm-hmm. we play like that all year? Mm-hmm. You got to at least well, make the, the elite eight. Was it the Josh Richardson year? We were in the playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Congo Martin. Yeah, and that was cool. But then it, I, I know what I was saying the whole time is like, where has this been? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. So how mm-hmm. about both? How about a great regular season and a nice run in the but tournament? That's all we're kind of looking for. You're not both here. with Rick Barnes. Okay, Hickman. <laughs> if we lose in the first weekend, Jay, it's not going to change my opinion. I expect to lose in the first weekend. So. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we are what we are. You know, I don't, Rick Barnes does everything right but the tournament. Mm-hmm. He does what? everything right. Except the most important thing. It's sad, really. <laughs> I mean, he's a yeah. good man, I and mean, he has no luck. And you got dirtbags coaching all across the country just. Yeah. No, he's a good guy. He represents our program well. He runs a clean program. He's. I mean, he's going to be the first coach that I can remember in a long time that's going to leave the program in much better shape than he found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no I mean, doubt about that. I mean, it's he's literally done everything right, but the he just God bless him, man. The guy just don't seem to have the lucky rabbit's foot when it comes to March. I don't know. So, thanks for the call, Jay. Uh, we got to hit a break. We'll come back. Final segment, hour two. Back at you next.
Final segment hour number two. Perfect bid, you know. At the end of the mm. yeah. It was crazy. That's nuts. <laughs> hey, what do you think about them uh, expanding the tournament? Why would you mess with perfection? <laughs> it is already the greatest. Put the playoffs at twelve, you idiots! Don't expand the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's already. It's already. What do they want to go to? Eighty. I thought it was no, it's 68 now, but what what are they wanting to go to? 80, I think, right? Why? Did you hear the Richmond coach talk about it uh-uh. recently? He said, he said, all right, I you know I, I see why people you know don't want to you know don't want to expand it or what what their arguments are. He said he said something about John Rothstein, the mm-hmm. you know, media guy. He said, he said I will pay. He said. I'd like to have a deal with with John. I'd like I'd like to pay him like a thousand dollars for every home and home he can get with these teams he wants us to schedule. The Richmond coach is basically like no one will play us. Like no one will play us. So he's like at the end of the year when there's a team like us that gets left out because their schedule's not strong enough because they didn't play enough big boys or whatever. He's like, you know, you just you got to think about it that way. Yeah, and where would the additional teams come from? I thought I saw that they're trying to get more non-Power 5 teams in. Because, you know, like, a lot of times those conferences, like, that's the only way they can get in is to win their conference tournament. And then if there's a really good team that gets upset, it's like, well, sorry, we just don't have the bids for you. It was a way to kind of reward smaller programs for making the championship game or having a great season that would normally get left out because, well, we just don't have enough spots. Like two big South teams that are really good, but only one of them's getting in. Right. Like you got like a, I don't know, like a four-loss team playing like a six-loss team. The six-loss team wins conference championship. And the four-loss team stays home. Yeah, and like even though they're still just or, as good. Or somebody just wins a regular season, might be undefeated in some cases, and yeah. loses their championship game. And they don't get in. Yeah, I mean it's the same same concept. Yeah, it's yeah, just an, so. a way to get more teams like that in, how who, who normally only have one bid for their conference. How do you seed it though? Like, you know, it's Depen- one through sixteen, right? It I mean, just depends on how many teams there are. And the, the, I mean, they used to have the tournament with buys for teams in the first round. So what, we're at sixty-eight right now, I guess. So I mean, yeah, I don't. Uh, there's an NCAA committee designed to, uh, to assess. The Division One Sports released recommendations Tuesday. I don't know. This is while well, earlier this month. They wanted to expand the NCAA tournament to at least ninety Gosh. because they wanted to figure that no, ninety rep- that would represent twenty five percent. That's the number Division I heard. Yeah, twenty five percent of Division One teams. Wow. They said that would fall in line with the percentages of other postseason qualifiers and other NCAA sports. The Richmond coach said he finds that development a positive step in the right direction i mean could you imagine i mean rick barnes can't make the sweet 16 oh, now could you imagine if we had 90 teams yeah we may not get in <laughs> what are you doing what apparently uh, these were his comments. This is the University of Richmond coach. He said, we've been on the bubble, I'd say, maybe eight times coming down the stretch. 
He said, I can remember during the 2010-11 season, because analysts talk about it so much, it was like, well, how long can Richmond rely on its win over Purdue? Richmond had defeated Purdue, which was ranked number eight during late, uh, during late November of 2010 in the Chicago Invitational Challenge. The analyst's suggestion was that Richmond hadn't won any subsequent games of that magnitude. This bugged Mooney. He said, quote, we can only play Purdue once. His mm. position, it's not as if the Spiders face a steady diet of ranked opponents in non-conference play because that's not the way scheduling operates. The Atlantic and the Atlantic 10 competition in most seasons can drive a team's national standing only so much. Mooney advocates for greater scheduling equity that would open the gates for teams such as Richmond to play more Power 5 opposition and even have some of those games at the Robbins Center, of course, their home court. Which, of course, no big school is going to agree to. Never. Uh-uh. This is like uh, UCF when they were trying to get to play Florida at the bounce house. You know, and they was like, well, okay, we'll play it, but we got to go two for one. You know, that type of thing. I mean, these, the, it's kind of the nature of the business side. You know, like, I don't think Rick Barnes would be scared to play Richmond, but it's kind of like, what do you have to gain versus what do you have to lose? Yep. That would be a quote. Now, if the schedule is more equal across the board, it wouldn't necessarily be that way because Richmond wouldn't have just that one shot against Purdue. They'd have another couple opportunities throughout the season so you could gauge them on different levels of competition. But financially, for the big schools, I mean, if if I'm Danny White and I'm saying, so hang on, I can bring Richmond in or I can bring Texas in. You're going to take Texas every time. Mm -hmm. It's a no-brainer. And when you're talking about early season, like most teams don't want to go out and play a really good non-power five. They want to play teams that are going to help prepare their team, and then they might go play in the battle for Atlantis, for example, right? Or they'll go play in Brooklyn and, and meet up with Maryland. Like th- Those are kind of like, okay, th- these teams are on our level. We'll play a neutral site type deal, not a home-and-home, home, but we'll get a big game on the schedule. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like I feel bad for Richmond, Like and schools like that. Because they're going to get turned down way more than they're going to get a team that says, yeah, come on. And then what happens when you beat Purdue? You scare Purdue and you scare all these other teams. Yeah. They're like, oh, God, we don't want to be that team that loses to Richmond in November. Like, that'd be terrible. But how do you how do you equalize the schedule? Like, how do you – that would have to be like an NCAA type thing. Like, hey, athletic directors – I don't know how you do that either. Like pick pick a conference and rotate them with other conferences every year. Kind of like the Big Twelve challenge, but it wouldn't necessarily be called that. Just be like, all right, this year you got to go pick a team from this conference, or we'll pick them for you, and then it'll rotate every other year. What are you watching over there? should do is the A-10 um, because at the end of the year on Selection Sunday they're going to say well the so-and-so schedule wasn't quite good enough they didn't, have the, they didn't have the quad one wins and all this stuff very predictable and I think that if if John Rothstein can get us eight home and homes the whole conference right get us eight home and homes uh, that this league gives them $50,000 okay but what, his, what he has to do is he has to tweet once a day of the teams that he spoke to in scheduling and what their reason for not playing a home-and-home with Richmond is. And, and he has to go on the record. So he wouldn't come close to getting eight games. You know, and, and that's, that's just – I think that would be a little bit of a, um, an eye-opener to see that 
you know, when our schedule comes out, we've really, really tried to play a great schedule all the time, and I think that's the Richmond way, you know, and I really believe that. Um, but if there's, if it's not quite as good as it was before, if there's criticism, it's a little better, whatever. It so is. that's the Richmond coach. He's saying he'd pay, he'll pay Rothstein fifty grand if he can get eight home and homes for the whole league, mm-hmm. not for Richmond's schedule. Right. Any A10 teams, home and homes. If he can get eight, fifty grand. But he has a tweet and document who he's talking to and why that why he won't need. Yeah, no get. athletic director will do that. He'll say he'll never he'll never get eight even for the whole conference. 